<laughs> hey, everybody out there. Welcome to another episode of A Black Hands. Uh, I am Charles and joined by uh, two other hands of ours. We wait on the other one to come, but uh, we know it's the holiday weekend. So uh, thank you all for joining us, the people that we do get tonight. Uh, how you all doing tonight? Uh, Sharif, how are you? Good, brother. Good, man. Good. Good. Uh, good to see y'all. Good to be here. And uh, yeah, happy July. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. July. Uh, July. <laughs> Ray, how you doing? Bro, I feel like it's so many. <laughs> it's, it's so much to <laughs> it's so much to unpack with this whole July thing that he was just going off on. <laughs> and I'm, I'm well, man. You know, I'm I'm behind the scenes, you know. Uh I'm gonna feed off Reef's energy this week. So if he's violent, I'm violent. Uh yeah, that's why I'm a at. pugilist telling a pacifist that he's gonna follow his lead about violence uh, that uh, that does it that's a little bit incongruous with with uh you know my relationship with the with the universe but okay well i i i i'm going to be thoroughly entertained by wherever the two of you land today i think y'all have been freaking fracking it's a i enjoy it very much um today's episode means a lot to me personally because one we're sticking in our own cold book and if you have not went and got that yet please go to abh.org download the ebook Read it. There's definitely something there for you. And if you're watching today, we need you to like right now and we need you to share this with a comment. Let people know uh, we need our full community with us. But this this chapter uh, on communities being on code, community orgs being on code means a lot to me because on this show, we do talk a lot uh, about um, I guess something's going on with the thing with the uh, Facebook, but it's fine. Uh, it was mine. I fixed it. On this show, we talk a lot about choice. We talk a lot about schools. We talk a lot about educators, right? But there are a lot of people that we serve that don't necessarily have access to choice. They don't have access to, to different type of schools, or maybe they don't have as much say over their teachers and their educators. And there's a group that we tend to leave out. And that group is the community-based organizations in our community and our community as a whole. So what I was going to ask you fellas to do, before we jump in, I want to just, you know, give a little bit of, of an overview of what the chapter was about. But my central question to you all is going to be, what is our advice? What is our love? What is our support that we are suggesting for the people here that don't have their schools to lean on? We're not talking about schools at all today. How can they get the most out of their community? How can they build that relationship? How can they actually start holding those other organizations in a community um, accountable and to the and hold their feet to the fire because they get they get tax breaks to serve our community as well and a lot of them not doing it well so um so let me just back up before i bring the fellas in it wasn't my school that taught me how to speak it wasn't my school that uh fed my entrepreneurial spirit it wasn't my school that made me feel good about who i was it was my community i learned how to talk at my church um it was the boys club helping me with like um, not just basketball, but becoming a man and what it meant to like grow up in Oakland and just kind of instilling things in me and helping me academically and advocating for me and keeping me off the streets. There were so many other things around that had such a positive impact on me that schools tend to get credit for when I do well. So um, I just wanted to start there. I love writing that chapter. It was it was a very personal one. But uh, Ray, I want to just start with you. For the parent that does not have 
choice in their area for the parent that don't go to a school like yours, that don't have a community like Sharif's, that don't have a Chris Stewart around to help them lift their voice in school politics and things of that nature that feel truly feel trapped in a community, truly feel trapped in a school. What is your advice to them um, on best ways to utilize their community to make sure they ca- their kid has what they need to succeed? Yeah, <clears throat> that's a really good question, man. And uh, thanks for uh, writing, pinning this chapter. Uh, definitely needed for folks that are uh, trying to express their agency in their communities. I think first and foremost, right, you, you got to figure out where you are as a parent, right? And so if you are religious, then you got to seek out religious institutions. Even if you're not religious, you still should seek out religious institutions because most of them are doing things that are doing things during the summer that uh, can allow you to capitalize on, on, on the things that they're doing. So for me, during the summers, I went to vacation Bible school. And so it was an extension of uh, Sunday school. It was an extension of the school year, right? And so for all of July, we were studying the Bible, right? And so, you know, even for folks that weren't necessarily, like, involved in, even for folks that weren't, like, super religious or whatever, it still taught you things. You were still reading out loud. You were still doing doing the things that you were doing, like, during the school day and whatnot to kind of enhance and prevent learning loss. Um, Also, a lot of schools they have uh, they have a mandatory reading list uh, during the summer, right? So like folks should be going to their area libraries in order to find out what's going on um, at the libraries. Um, a lot of schools have incentives in terms of like how many books you read during the summer. If you're a school leader or you're a teacher or you're you're someone that's adjacent to a school, uh, incentivize uh, reading during the summer. Um, also have constant check-ins with, with with folks when you are giving them reading lists, right? Um, I think the last thing I would say, if you're a parent, um, man, it's, it's tough because it's, it, it, parents are working and they're doing all these types of things. I, I guess utilize your village, right? So like if you have someone that's like, that's like well-meaning, that's that's going on a trip or something like that. I think Stuart mentioned this before when we were when we were talking about it. If you if you if you're able to take someone else on a trip with you, uh, if you're going to like a museum or something like that, like you know, it, utilize that so that everybody can get um exposure mm-hmm. uh sharif go ahead and jump on in there man a question sharif and and, and thank you for that ray I, I truly appreciate it um the question is uh the same one that ray tackled if somebody feels like they don't they ain't got the school support that you out and they want to look outside that apparatus how do you what's your advice to help people take advantage of their community in a better way yeah i mean i, I think you know, the initial part is like auditing. What are the needs? You know, like what are your strengths? What are the challenges? Um, you know, families are microcosms of society. So who within your village, both family, you know, born and chosen, um, who are those people that you're in proximity with? Because um, the thing about it is a lot of times people talk about public schools, but, you know, public education is also, you know, like really what's most important. Public schooling is part of what should be the educational apparatus for the public. Um, And societies that are educated are gonna be much better off. And so we also have to look at the same things that plague public schools, plague a lot of public institutions that are not delivering services in the way that they're supposed to. So when we're talking about whether it's the, the libraries, whether it's transportation, whether it's parks, and services, all the, you know, whether it's uh, utilities, all those things are public entities that's supposed to support and, and create an atmosphere for learning, for education, to 
to provide support. And so I, I think, you know, initially you have to really lean in and, and decide who's going on this journey with me, you know, mm -hmm. who's going to be part of the education system of my child. Um, and whether that's a pastor, a coach, barber, you know, family, grandparents, right? Like traditionally we're intergenerational as, as, as families, as communities. And, you know, the first wealth is, is that, that grandparent is a wealth of knowledge, you know, and they may not be able to teach your uh, child trig, you know, trigonometry or something, but man, they should can sure usually teach life. Right. And so it's really deciding, okay, it's almost like a co-op. You know, when we were young, we had a, you know, my parents were involved in like a food co-op or something. I don't remember all the details. I remember folks would come together, share resources, you know, pass things along. Somebody would get 10 gallons of honey, share that. Somebody else would get oats. Like it was some type of co-op that they were involved in. And I think for the education of our children, of our grandchildren, it's something very similar where we're looking mm -hmm. at the education of this public, even if it's a small microcosm. And how do we piece together what we need, um, you know, uh, as a as a community as we're accessing the other parts that are institutional, um, institutional based. And for hey, the folks hey, Reef, hold up, hold up, hold up, Charles. Reef, if you if you send me uh, if you send me some honey, I'll send you some peanut butter. And both me and Reef are training. Is it, is it home? Is it homemade peanut butter? Don't send me no Skippy. No, 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 no Skippy. No Skippy. No Skippy. No preservatives. Hey, me and Reef are both training. I got a video coming out later this week. We're both training for Naked and Afraid. Uh, he was eating berries the other day, and I was eating berries. <laughs> Random Ray, Cole. You got to get him, man. Reel him in, bro. Reel it. Like, just, just throw that, that, that line out there. Grab him and reel him in. Like, you know, when, when you love somebody, you love all of them. So, no, you don't. It, no, you it, don't. It, it's it, I love people. I'm just like, yo, that part of you? I don't like. I don't care for. You gotta love all of them, man. Uh, th 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 okay, thank you, you for that. that unconditional love. I got a whole bunch of conditions for my love. You know, what I, mean? I lost my point. Uh, but of course you did. That's his whole yeah. yeah. It was an important point, but he don't give care. Me a second. He don't care. I wanna I wanna stay where, where Sharif was before I go to the next part of this. So one is about building your village, right? So let's talk about some very practical ways that you can build your village. And this this episode is kind of different. Like, I mean, maybe we'll find some controversy and we'll argue about something, but this is really just to kind of be a resource like this book is to like really help out our people that's that's actually in this struggle. So people say, Well, I don't know how to build out a village. I'm actually working on some worksheets, but I will tell you exactly what you could do now in your notebook, whatever, find some paper and write down the name of all the people in your kid's life that your kid actually respects, right? So again, you ain't got to be the end all, be off of your kid. But if your kid got that coach, write their name down. If your kid got a favorite teacher, write that person down. If your kid got a, a youth pastor or a youthy mom or whatnot, write it down, a favorite uncle. And then what I used to do back in the day when I was a social worker, I'd have them put them on the email list. And then as times have kind of, uh, since we've coming to more modern times, I've had them all be on a text chain. And one of those things that you can do is if you got this village and you can send out one message and it goes to all these people, you would be surprised at all the support that you could get. You know what I'm saying? You would be surprised at like, you know, so let's say that I'm having like a bad day. Let's say that I got into it with my dad and, I, and, they, and I'm having a bad day. And one of those people on that list is a teacher at school. Hey, 
just giving just giving a group a heads up. Charles had a rough morning. Uh, you know, him and his father was arguing. So when I go to school and I got a bad attitude or something is happening, that adult ally in that school is already triggered to be like, let me go pull him right now. Let me make sure he got what he need. And then I go to the boys club. Hey, man, I know you had a rough day, man. I, you know, let's do boom, boom. But like you were building up support. That didn't cost you no money. It didn't cost you any kind of crazy resources that you didn't have. You didn't have to have some special group in your community. Like there are ways that we can kind of build this out. So you have a web of support. Again, you are the quarterback of your kid's team. That don't mean you got to be the most educated. Your job is just to make sure that you are wrapping them around in resources. And I'm going to put out a thing. I got a whole bunch of just little things like that that'll help some of our parents, because that's one of the biggest things I get, right? Like people will say, and Chris and I were talking about this when I was just with him in a different context, but I get people that watch the show all the time and say, they don't even have choice where I live. Like when I go back to Paducah, there aren't even charter schools in Paducah, Kentucky, right? It's just like you go either to the, to the traditional district school or the county school, but you can't really move the way that some places can move. And so they, they sometimes feel left out in those conversations and feel like they don't have that help. So um, I just wanted to, I didn't want to lose your point, Sharif. I had a different one too, but let me just open it up to the fellas. Just what other, uh, and I'll, I'll remember it. Uh, I'll, I'll go through my notes, but just what other advice, man, can we just pour into our people uh, that seem to be struggling with this stuff, man? Cause again, we're not talking about people that's like, just don't like their teacher. We're talking about people trying to save their sons, they're trying to save their kids' life. They're trying to keep their kids off the street. They're trying to make sure, because we know when the church closed and the school closed, the streets stay open. So, like, what are things that we can feed into our people that don't feel like they got the village that a Ray or Sharif has? Man, so, so, Reef, I'm putting you on the spot, man. You got a whole-ass Freedom School network that you designed from the bottom up, right? And so talk to these folks about how you did that. Talk to them about... You know, just like, you know, if, if you didn't have the resources, how how as a collective unit in the community, you could put something like that together, bro. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, and I think this ties into like the point that I was going to um, add to Charles is more of a, like this landscape analysis, right? Like, you know, that was one of the first things we did. So we knew we didn't have to go it alone. We knew we didn't have to create everything from from scratch. We knew that we could, you know, learn from the lessons, lean and stand on the shoulders of the Children's Defense Fund. Right. You know, and all the work that they've done with freedom schools, you know, uh, we knew we could learn from the Philadelphia Freedom Schools, PFS, that's been around since, you know, 98, 99 in Philadelphia that had a, a very specific, you know, um, you know, outlook on how to uh, use freedom schools to the advantage in the context um, here. So we just wanted to build on that and use it specifically for, um you know, teacher apprenticeship, but it was still this idea of like, yo, we have such wealth within our communities, right? Because both of those institutions would be community-based organizations that we could learn from. And so being able to do that, but then also drawing in, I think the beautiful part of like something like Freedom Schools is it involves communities, right? Like where there are people from the community that come and read to children every single morning, right? There's communities that would open up spaces to us. There are community uh, artists and, and, and teachers Right. Maybe even folks who not necessarily have the, uh, you know, the, what the state calls credential teachers, but the community recognizes them as as teachers and educators in the community. They would come and they actually run the after school program as our apprentices are, are going through classes. So I think all of that is is about doing a landscape analysis, knowing the strengths, one, not making sure that we're not uh, internalizing 
you know, uh, you know, anti-blackness, you know, where we come out like, oh, our community has nothing. Like, no, pause, pump your brakes. Yeah. Your community does have something. Yeah. Do a landscape analysis with fresh eyes, with yep. vigor, with intellectual rigor and curiosity and find out like, okay, what do we do well? Who is it? I agree with that list that uh, as far as individuals and also do it with, with well, it works too. Yeah. Yeah. With, with people, with both people, you know, and those you don't, you know, when I think about just growing up and not only having massages, you know, masjids um, that we were, you know, deeply a part of, but even place like AFCOM. And I don't remember what AFCOM stood for, but AFCOM was up on Lehigh Avenue and it was like a community center. That's where meetings and organizations were, uh, you know, would, would use the space uh people would have demonstrations there people would have organizing meetings we would watch malcolm x films and speeches there like it was a place within in north philly up north philly or down north as, as we say here in, in philly so all those type of things the libraries that that we were involved in we were so close with our librarian she came to my my sister's wedding like that's how close we so, were. She, with so that, that, that that's not that's not y'all were close. That's your sister was close. That's my parents. I'm talking. We're talking to parents, oh, and it's, it's my you. parents. She didn't come to your wedding, so she no. wasn't close with you. She was close to the family, bro. Okay. Like we, as right. a family, we would go right. there, right? Okay. Like my sister wasn't there. What do you think? The, the sister was the one kid that would go to the, the would frequent the library. Based no. off of how you talk, yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Librarian <laughs> is my best friend, bro. Books with my best friend. Librarian is certainly the peddler hey, of the books. So, so Charles, man, you you've you've touched on this before, man. But like, I want to kind of dig deep into this. Um, I know it's your show, but we want to put this yeah, out there. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead. What, what about what what about barbershops as co community based organizations? I mean, yeah. Well, so right now, I'm a, I'm deciphering between community and community based organizations because I got a different type of approach to them. But absolute, but but barbershops are absolutely one of. A, can be an amazing asset. Like I learned a lot of things in my barbershop. Like my barbers are in the dedication of my dissertation. You were supposed to learn? I, I mean, yeah, actually. I mean, this is the thing. You learn, I learned respect and manners in a barbershop. Like when a when a when a child or a woman walked in a barbershop, certain conversations did not happen. And they there was a reprimand. And my barber is a woman. Let me give you a story about my barber because she passed away. I think have I have I mentioned Matt in the yard? But let me let me tell you who Mathlin is, yeah. man. I just want to honor her because like you know Mathlin, I met Mathlin in the in one of the shelters that I lived in and her and my mom were getting clean at the same time. Mathlin kept talking about her brother was going to open up this barbershop and she needs somebody head to practice on. So she practiced on my head. <laughs> so her and my mom got clean at the same time. Re fast forward. This ain't nothing but God. Like I end up living in North Oakland. His shop ends up being in North Oakland in the same neighborhood. And then she ends up being my barber up until this year. So she's been my barber since I was 11 years old. And, and, and until she passed away, you know, tragically earlier this year. And so, or it was either, the, you know, and I, and I, or, or early or late last year, but the, but like, you know, but I learned so much from them. them those people supported me. Those were the first people that I saw own a business. Those were the first people that I saw just have universal respect, meaning like the, the barbershop was neutral zone. So in Oakland, it's not, it's gangs, there's gang units, but it's not really a gang banging city like that. It's more of a turf city. So if you from this block or if you from North Oakland, you don't want to be in certain parts of West Oakland if you wasn't from there or, or Berkeley. You don't want to be in those places. That's in the old Oakland or whatever. But when everybody went to that shop, there was never no beef in that shop. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. all that stuff ceased. 
and desisted. And the funny thing is they kind of took the place of what the church was used to be and was supposed to be in that community. So Mathalyn, I love you. I wanted to just honor you on that. I didn't mean to go off, but um, that woman was one of the most, okay. the, the biggest guiding lights in my life. And, uh, and, and I knew if I, if I mess something up, them people held me accountable, man. And they lifted up every achievement that I had, but they're in my documentary, they're in my books. Like, you know, I, I, the way that you talk about the way I talk about certain teachers, like Mr. Brown or the way I heard you talk about people, Sharif or you, Ray, that I hold my barber, my barbershop to that same esteem. Yeah, no, that's dope. Uh, so I, I've been seeing, uh, seeing folks, um, that have, I've been seeing barbers, uh, do these initiatives where kids can come in and read and mm -hmm. get like discounted hair, hair, hair. books in barbershops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you know, I, I I've seen uh folks give kid, give kids jobs sweeping up and they get like a free haircut and stuff. So shout out to all the barbers out that are that are grinding and doing mm -hmm. what they gotta do. I think a brother right. in Philly or like organized that nationally. Oh my so god, stuff. this dude is insufferable anytime Philly wait, does wait. anything remotely. So I'm just saying, I, I'm just so, here. So, we so, we talking about celebrating folks believe, who do good I don't believe that to be true. I don't believe that to be true. That's number one research. And number two, don't engage. Can, don't engage, Ray. Can we fix crime? We because I, 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 I think right, I think right now, I, I, amongst amongst teenagers dying, uh, I think Philly leads the nation too. So, unfortunately, if it ain't leading, it's it's up there. It's it's, it's trending up, in the wrong direction. Yeah, I, I, the whole I, I, country yeah. is, but yeah, places like Philly. I, the I think the three and, places you know, that the three poverty. of us grew up is is all battling for them spots, which is sad. Yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. a larger commentary and. Uh, and I really yeah. do wish we had the same BLM energy that uh, for our communities as we do against like racist white cops. Like I'm with it. Like I'm getting older, bro. Like I think that I'm always going to have that energy for like BLM. I'm always going to have that energy for like cops and, and structures and racism and all that stuff. But I really do want to. And some people do it. Like I do a lot of work around trying to stop our, you know, crime in our communities, man. But I definitely want to see that same level of energy because, you know, we got beautiful places that we all come from that we love. And kids is just dying every day. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? And we but we only when we only marching when we upset about the white cat, man. And uh, not only, you know, what I'm saying I don't want to say that I don't want to get on one of them rants because it's people put in that work. But I've seen people on our side like dismiss like young people killing each other, but then have a whole lot of heat over here. And it just bothers me. And I know it bothers y'all on some level too, but yeah, um, I mean like every, every, de every death matters to me. Right. So like, it's not, it's wow, not just, when, uh, it's not just when a, 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 a white cop takes somebody away. It's also when it happens in our community amongst our own, like right. we got to start being, we got to start, shit, we need to do a series on that. <laughs> I mean, that's what, I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, what I'm saying? Good. yeah, go ahead, Reef. No, I was just saying, like, you know, one, one of the things that, you know, I was talking to one of my elders, uh, you know, about recently was just this, you know, like education is like a big part of that, right? Like it's all the other infrastructures, but like education, like just how important uh, that component is. And then also this need for like this, you know, engagement and cultural revolution. I, th I think a part of what the youth is, they've been written off by so many people, even within our own communities, that it's it's like, you know, like people will say like, oh, I don't want to engage them or they haven't engaged them in so long. Then now they're just like, oh, you know, just pointing fingers like, you know, kids don't end up that way. Just, you know, just because they are right. usually adult decisions, adult choices that impact yeah. kids. And then they end up growing up in a particular environment that, you know, that they don't feel hope. 
right? And but but they they sure had hope as as when they were younger, right? Like so, what snuffed that out? And it's not always institutions. Yeah, institutions absolutely. definitely play a very consistent role in that. But then there are also individuals in our in our communities that do the same thing. So like yeah, the yeah. idea of of hey, uh, hi, she going? Yeah, you know you know they're gonna do a, a, a cameo. Um, you know, so that's, uh, you know, I, I just think it's important. I think education is a big part of it, but also, you know, how do we embrace and engage? And we talk often talk about youth learning how to engage. Adults need to learn how to engage with youth. Facts. Facts. Right. So it it's like, it's, youth. exactly. It's two parts yeah. of this cultural revolution that needs to happen. Our mindsets about how we look at the youth, what we communicate to them verbally or non-verbally about how we feel about them is yeah. also, um, you know, a big part of the calculus. Mm -hmm. And and I mean, I, I agree, man. And I think that we're going to take that same energy into this next segment because, you know, now we are talking about community organizations. Now we are talking about people and, and organizations that have 501c3s that get incredible tax breaks to serve community in whatever capacity it is in their charter when they when they apply to the federal government for these tax breaks. And I think that our show is very good at holding schools accountable. Our school, our show is very good at holding educators accountable and the system and structures. CBOs, you on this list too. Like yeah. you, if, if you, if your job is to do X and you ain't doing none of X, <laughs> that's a problem, right? You know what I mean? I think that like, I, I was blessed to have a very, very good boys club, but I've been in some places where they ain't been that good. They actually perpetuated a lot of stuff that was happening. The first, the first bag, this is what I remember from the, the boys club on Melsa. It was a cat that was, um, he had a bag. He called me over. I was 11 years old. Hey, Charles, you want to make $20? I need you to take this bag and go down there and drop this bag off. $20? Negro, is you, man, yes. Give me this bag right now. Sam. <laughs> Sam, the basketball coach at, at my basketball coach at the boys club. And he was just like the athletic director there. Sam saw that man, Sam, Sam. I've never seen Sam curse before. I've never seen him mad before. Sam, him, that dude up. I don't know. That dude could have had a gun on him or whatever. Sam said, if I ever catch you talking to him again, I'm going to fuck you up. It's going to be a real issue. So Sam protected me. And this is the thing. I know that's harsh language, but that's real language for a real situation for a community organization on code to protect me from something that I didn't even know what I was stepping into. If your community organizations ain't stepping up and showing up like that for our kids and the communities that we say we love, then what is your purpose and why are you there? So, fellas, I just want us to be able to give some smoke that is needed to some of these CBOs that's supposed to be doing a job with our kids and ain't necessarily doing it. So um, I hate to be the one to say this, but I have to name this. Um, the black church has been some bullshit for uh, the last couple of decades. Um, I think that we kind of lost our way <clears throat> in terms of like just the politics that happened inside of the church. I think that there's too much uh, focus and emphasis that's being placed on how people come dressed or whatever and not enough emphasis on folks in their hearts and their openness to receive God in ways in which uh, a good shepherd is supposed to lead them. Um, and we don't call it out. We don't hold the black church accountable. Uh, a lot of these reverends get like free passes to do whatever the hell they want. They're supposed to be leaders in the community and they're actually leaving us to 
not want to be in community with one another. And I just felt it in my spirit to call that out on a Sunday. Mm. No, I, I think, you know, I mean, one, one of the things that I first thought about when I, you know, when you brought this up was, was organizations that are. So yeah, definitely Smoke also, I, I think, you know, highlighting folks who are, you know, like for a long time, um, up until I became a principal, I think when I became principal, I was just like, I kind of stepped back. I was like too tired at the end of the, the week, but like the Joala Scouts in, you know, uh, not just in Philadelphia, but around the country, there are chapters of the Joala Scouts. And I just, you know, and that's a, basically a rites of passage, but, you know, these men volunteer mm-hmm. um, to support youth and, you know, um, you know, they bring them to the different masjids. They teach them everything from etiquette to wrestling to, uh, you know, shooting bow and arrow to gun safety to, um, you know, fishing and camping and, you know, all these things. And it's like a rites of passage and community and, and um, you know, built in. And I, I just wonder, like, if that was more pervasive, right? Like mm-hmm. this idea of rites of passage within our community um, you need you was, need a, was just a part of it, right? And not just the random stuff, right? Like random is good and all that, but suppose it was like super organized um, around these concepts, around this idea of, you know, youth and youth leadership and youth development and the idea of, um, you know, training your replacements, which is like, you know, one of those freedom school models, like train your replacements, right? And we talk about that a lot as educators and principals and so forth, but suppose that was like the community itself. And if we recognize deeply that the only way we survive is that our youngest survive. That's really the only way. The only way we survive, our community survives, is if our youngest survive and if we pour it into that. And not just with the, the oh, I'm going to, you know, all I have is a hammer, so everything is a nail kind of, right. I'm giving tough love and I'm just going to do this and no. preach at kids no, and all, no. you know what I mean? Because that, no. you know, I get, sick of, I get sick of hearing brothers, you know, just bark at kids all day and say, that's tough love. That's what they need. Like I get sick of just hearing it's it. That's not what they need. I'm it's just like, yo, like chill. Like you know, why just be quiet yeah. and listen too. You don't even know. You don't even know what lesson to give because you haven't even listened to hear what the need is. But you know what? You know, Reef. You know what? A lot of that comes from the traumas that they've been through that they oh, ain't healed, uh, right? Listen, they I don't not disagree. They, yeah, they they not healed from from the things that they that they had uh, to go through and whatnot. So listen, then they I, think they instead of instead of instead of coming forth and be like, yo, damn, well that that bothered me, right? So like I'm not gonna do this to anybody else. They repeat those cycles or whatever and put put uh, our, our youth through the same cycles of trauma that they went through. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I listen. You know, sometimes you know, as a kid, you know, my mom was like, she wasn't one of the the moms that was gonna like you know beat you and all this kind of stuff because that's what she went through. She wanted to break a cycle, right? Like she got beat yeah. for you know, blowing her nose too loud. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just, yeah. I'm being facetious, but, you know, that yeah. was the type of household yeah. that she grew up in. So she's like, I'm going to break the cycle. But, you know, we'd be out and stuff, and it would be like grown men. We're like, man, you just need to, Aisha, you need to give your son to me for a weekend. You know what I mean? Yeah. I straighten him out. You know what I mean? Because they looked at, at me and my brothers and siblings like, as if, you know what I mean? Like, oh, we're problem kids. You know, I, I told her I got older, like, Point him out. Drop me off at their crib now. Drop him off. Right, drop me off right now. You know what I'm saying? Just, <laughs> like, yeah, tell, tell them they, they can have me right now. But I will say, I mean, you probably didn't need it, and your family probably didn't need it, but I will say there is some value. I have seen some brothers be like, you know, balance. Everything's yeah, a balance. And, and that's what I'm saying. I have seen some brothers like really help out like a single mom 
and like, yo, like, not that I'm going to come beat your kid's ass, basically, but it's like, I am going to help you with like some discipline or like some masculine energy around this, this, this piece or whatever. Yeah, now, you, way, you know how you didn't really The way, the way they would describe it, how I even know, how do we even know that they are that parent anyway, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Some of it is driven by ego. Some of right. it is driven by old school, you know, be, be seen, not heard. Right. right, all those things that, like, no, that's not how she was raising us, you know. I'm just saying, but in oh. this particular instance, and in instances like this, this is that is toxic because you're exerting yourself in a situation to be this, you know, to be the big bag bully, right? Like this, that's very different than than love and care and blah blah blah. Because if that was the case, you just have a conversation with me, you know, whatever my age was, the age appropriate thing. Right. It was more or less like. Given to me so I can intimidate him into behavior. Well, Reef, it's different. Work. But it, it don't work with you and you was in a different circumstance, Reef. But I done seen situations where kids, homie is 15 years old. He's staying out all night. He bringing chicks through the house. He calling his mom a bitch. He doing all kind of like intimidating you're saying, things. You're saying, 15, you're saying 15. I'm talking about what happened. How did the kid arrive at? Right. Oh no, no, no. What I'm saying, what this is what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, and I'm not trying to paint a because you know how people like to take parts of a show and like paint a broad stroke. What I'm saying is, I'm giving an example where it's like, no, we need some, we need some brothers to kind of come in and help with this situation. And here's the thing: these are one of those conversations that we probably would talk about and then do a show on or whatever. But let me say this: let's say if I, if, if my sister or let's say somebody in my family that I love and I wasn't around. And Ray was in my neighborhood, my community, and was like, hey, man, your nephew wildin'. Yo, like, your nephew is like, hey, bro, he did what to my sister? He said what? Hey, bro, I need you to go and have a conversation with homie. And 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 if you know, you know. You know what I mean? It's like, listen, man. I'm with that. I, I had that moment with my dad. And this is, this is why dads is important, even when they ain't the best dads, right? My dad did not have cool sayings and, like, leave it to beaver, like, sentiments at the thing. But I'm telling you, when I when I didn't take out that, that trash, trash, when I didn't take out that <laughs> trash, and I and I said I wasn't doing dishes, and I told him what I wasn't going to do, and I stood and I poked my chest out in a different way. There was a way to remind me of, bruh, that of this masculine energy, and this the thing, right? I'm not talking about beatings. I'm not talking about stuff that's out of out of character, whatever. You know what I'm saying? But we do have to have conversations. I do think that there are times that call for like masculine energy in that type of space. Because again, your mom, mom's is great, man. Mom's is great. I promise you. And I'm a good kid. Yo, if I only lived with my mama, if my dad was not there, it's so much stuff I wanted to do, but I did not because that Negro was a big dude and a military cat. And I didn't want them problems. I'm just letting you know, Charles would have been, at 15, 16, oh, I ain't coming back at that time. What you, you crazy. You know, what you gonna do? You gonna whoop me? You gonna spank me? What's gonna happen, right? And I'm just saying, man, like, the men in our community are very important. And the men in our community have to take that mantle back. And I went through, you know, I know we kind of talked about churches or whatnot. I gotta, it makes me now have to give a shout out to my church because my church was the first people that put me on a plane somewhere. They Every time I did well in school, they brought it to the front of the church and, like, they egged that on. They were like, they when, when they found that I had to do a speaking thing, they gave me speaking opportunities. And I got to give love to the Muslims in my community. I don't know, Sharif, if you're familiar with the Bay family. You know, sometimes people try to muddy their name because they took care of our community in ways that sometimes people didn't like. But every 
every single morning, the, 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 the Muslims from the Bay, like mosque, right? From the, from what they had, them brothers was out in the corner every single morning. Hey, get to school. Hey, no, no. Hey, the bell about to ring, man. Hey, don't talk to that young lady like that, man. Hey, and you did not talk back to these brothers. I, I don't know how to like, how to say it on this show. They wasn't that I put, I ain't never seen them put their hands on nobody. I ain't never seen them, whatever, but put it like this, bro. Them Muslim brothers, you didn't try them. <laughs> them was not, and they kept our community safe, but then nobody tell them to do that. That's just what they did. And when we talk about communities being on cold, that's what that means. Most of us was not Muslim in North Oakland. You know what I mean? Like they didn't care and they would meet with our pastor. Like all them people knew each other and they felt a shared responsibility. So where's that shared responsibility yep. at for our communities? So yeah. really quick, want to jump in real quick. <clears throat> to uh to to go back to to the to the church piece, right? So I so I agree with you. Not everything about the church is bad. Like when I grew up in my I know, church, yeah, I, knew, I didn't, yeah, I didn't say you were saying that. Yeah, when I grew up, they were handing out scholarships. They were doing all kinds of things. That they, they you know they were giving speaking opportunities and whatnot. You know Easter Easter concerts, Christmas concerts, like definitely opportunities for you to be in the forefront and like you know build your capacity to lead and do all these other things. What I'm saying is that that stopped, mm -hmm. right? So like. So I want to I, I want to I want to bring us back to that. I want to bring us back to the church being the forefront, the forefront of, of the focal point of the community where folks having to go through the church in order for other things to happen. I, I need that to happen. Right. Like I, I need for for um, I need for for the deacons on the deacon board to know what kind of grades these teenagers are making in school to where they can have conversations with them about, hey, here's what I did when I was in school or here's what I could because, you know, it. It, it 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 hits different coming from Mel mm -hmm. to your point, right? Yeah, yeah, and I, I think I, I think this is why all you know members of the community is important, all aspects of it, you know. But I still like assert that there are a lot of folks that working with youth, it ain't something always innate for everybody, right? Fact, yeah, agree. You know, and I think sometimes people just think because they're older that they can just go checking kids or da 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 and doing it, and and I think it it takes one a level like. Emotional regulation, adults need to have that, right? We're always talking about what the kids' emotional uh, deregulation is. Like, adults need that. We talk about SEL within the school. Guess who needs SEL? Social emotional learning and development? Adults, yeah, right? Man. Because yeah. that is also something that's just wholly ignored. And it's just this assumption because you're an adult, you have wisdom. And I was certain, no, that wisdom is not just inherently part of your birthday. And, and a right that you you develop. And so I would say like there, there are people in the community, yes, we need. I also agree with this idea of balance. Also agree with this idea of situational leadership. And I, I think there's, you know, there are, you know, there are ways to be a, a teacher, a mentor, a guide, a supporter, right? But that means that your intentions also have to be pretty pure. Yeah. Right. And I and I agree with a with a yeah. level, you know what I mean? Like just you know what uh, what men bring and what sisters bring and and how that comes together to create a balance to create an environment to create you know an atmosphere of different groups of people i agree with 100% all of that and mm -hmm. i also know that you know that that child at 15 my question would be what was going on from 2 to 15 yeah. you know oh, i well. get it i mean i you get it I mean? I mean but regardless of what was going on from 2 to 15 reef i still got to fix the issue now though right like i still gotta yeah, but every, so here, so here's a small example sometimes even amongst men to men if someone mm -hmm. needs to um and we've had this type of conversation before about people that we know and love 
Right. Who's the right messenger? If we think about that, right? We're like, oh, you know what? So and so might need a conversation. Who has the relationship with them? Yes. Who are they best hear? Yes. Why do yeah. we think about that with yeah. when it comes to men? But the 15, 16 year old, we just think, oh, any old body can just step, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And, and does some yeah. of that repel that kid even further? 100%. Because, like, if you got somebody, you got somebody coming to me, having a conversation with me, and I don't have a relationship with them, right? Like, I'm, I'm probably not going to receive that message That's the way that nature. I will receive it. If, if, yeah. So, like, we have to be calculated in terms of but giving so these it kids goes back to my, yeah. well, my point is building relationships from the time, like, looking at them, not when, oh, that kid is a problem. They out of pocket. These kids are. Yeah. How do we, if again, if we look yeah, at but them that, as that's our that future, two to 15 conversation we're developing that relationship. Right. right from two to 15. From two. Yeah, but from two to fifteen, you develop in that relationship so that when they turn fifteen, you already know who they done built relationships with, so that you can go to them and be like, "Hey, I'm having a problem with so and so." Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think for me too, I also my example, and I'm leaning on experience, and I'm leaning on my old job, and I'm leaning on folks, parents, moms that are coming from a different place of desperation as well. I'm dealing yeah. with like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, I just had to pick him up from the station and he still disrespected me. And like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I've seen it kind of be there and I've seen my dad again, me and him don't have the best relationship, but I've seen him actually other father, other, you know, other people's kids. Like I've seen people call my dad to like talk to people and it's just cause he was there. And also that militaristic, like, I, it wasn't that he was mean. I just, I just think that like he, he, I don't know. My brothers like this too. Cats in the military just have a presence about them. You know what I mean? Like, yo, they ain't got to yell at you to get their point across. And some people can't. And some people, I've seen people like Sharif before, right? That's like, a, you know, can talk to you, can articulate with you. But Mr. Terry, I love Terry Naylor, man. Like he was, he was one of my dad's really good friends. He wasn't like the most talkative guy. Like he wasn't going to articulate. He was a sweet guy, but he just did stuff. You know what I mean? Like if somebody like car was messed up, he just fixed it at the church. Like if somebody uh, lawn, like he'll see somebody, a mom's lawn, he'll just go out with his weed whacker and just do it. And I think bro, that actions, we actions all speak find the way that we lead. Huh? Actions uh -huh. speak louder. Actions speak louder than words, man. They're modern. And, they and, were and, that's what, and that's just what worked for him. And that's just what worked for him. You know what I mean? Like, you got to do what yeah, worked for I'm, you, right? Like, I'm not a talkative dude, you know, unless I'm on this show and trying to, you know, make sure oh, I can no, I would, I would definitely, I would definitely, no, I'm just saying, I would absolutely that, uh, have you I, talk I hear to people. you. I hear you. No, what I'm saying is that, the, but the idea of, you know, relationships, I think that's, that's the key part, right? But if I have a level of contempt for you already, it's going to be hard to build a relationship with you. If I have a contempt for you. And all the contempt ain't just you know, uh, you know, white on black contempt, you know, some of it, we have contempt within our community, particularly towards you. If they're not speaking right, if they don't look and listen, and it's, it's a, you know, like something I cringe sometimes when I'm on public transportation, cause I'm not, I, you know, I didn't grow up with, you know, we used to be on the bus. Even if you're cussing elders got on the bus, you quieted down. Yeah, man, you stop. Yeah. Now it's, it's less of that. Right. And so sometimes I cringe. I don't mean I'm like gripping kids. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. But it's like I do cringe, right? Like I do cringe. It was just like, oh, that like dag, I don't like hearing that when that 90-year-old yeah. woman is sitting right sitting right there, right? And so to me, it's like a part of like <laughs> again, that part of that I'll cultural revolution. Yeah, sometimes I'm like, I'm like, yo, fam, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, yeah I, I don't, you know, what I mean, I tend not to ignore stuff, you know what I mean, like that. I was just like, cause usually they'll respond. Sometimes they, yeah. they're just oblivious, yeah. they're no world, yeah. right? Like they're self-absorbed. Oh, my talking. bad, my bad, They're my excited. Bad. Yeah, usually 90% right. of the time, that's the reaction you're going to get, right? 
But if I right, have contempt, right. not just cringing, if I actually have contempt, then all I'm gonna do is talk trash about them when I get off the bus, right? Yeah. And I'm, I'm mm-hmm. that's coloring that my, my that But that doesn't, that doesn't solve the problem. Right? Exactly, that and doesn't it doesn't engage them. It doesn't it does, engage right. them. Absolutely, right? Because ultimately, like... I'm gonna want them when they're now and as they're older with their peers as well as later to also say like, "Hey, fellas, like, oh, you know, there's a, there's a kid here. Don't forget, there's a there's a you know there's an elder here." Hey, read. Stretch it out to 45, then Charles, big screen. It's all, yes, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, it's all good, man. I uh, I will say, like, so in the book, we have this, and I'm, I'm just going to end this part just on mindset. So one, we just talking about our communities. Like, our communities have to step up. And our and, and we talk about how schools have been failing and or whatever, right? Like, not doing well by kids. Some some of y'all might have got lucky and got a good situation. Some people don't. But one part of the problem, I think, I didn't live in a place. This is how a lot of people's mindset is with size being commiserate, where the schoolhouse is the most important thing. And then these community orgs or these family and intergenerational mentorships and religious institutions and community as a whole is like a smaller thing. Right. And I think that if we think of it like that, especially with the data that we've seen in education, especially with the literacy rates that we've seen, the math numbers, the lack of black educators or whatever, that mentality is not going to serve a lot of people if everything that we've been saying for the last 168 episodes before this are true. You know what I mean? And so, like, I remember going through this and you got to look at it a little bit different, man. You got to look at it more modular of like if you put that child in the middle and all these things start out equal and they can change in size of importance. So here's what I mean. Maybe you are one of those people that's trapped in a situation where the school ain't the best or whatever the case is. But, man, you got great community orgs. You got a family structure that's similar to like what Sharif is talking about. And you got them people to go to. And you got these institutions, these black institutions that you've been a part of. And they so powerful that they even offset and go beyond what the school does. And I'm talking about that a article where he's talking about the girls from the Nation of Islam who were so dope. And what they did outside the school, that they raised the bar inside the school as students. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm talking about, a transformational community experience. This is a growth mindset. This is a mindset of, okay, you know, there are going to be some situations where maybe that schoolhouse is good enough to take the place of these. But if you want a place where you feel trapped, you ain't got choice, you can't move, you, you just in what you in. Don't stop just at the schoolhouse. What are the orgs around you? Who are the parents around you? What friends have you made? Other parents that can support you and you have a support network. What are the the intergenerational mentorship relationships that you're fostering for these kids? uh, So it don't all have to be on you and it don't all have to be on that school. A school whose shoulders probably can't even shoulder the load. You feel me? So I just wanted to get that piece out there. Y'all can comment on it before. You know, this will take us into final thoughts. But um, yeah. I've talked about that a lot before, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, it's a community it's a community effort, and the school is part of, the, again, the public education system. I mean, when you think about it, and a lot of times people forget about this, you know, uh, school is what? You're there one-third of the day and half the calendar year. So, you know, I, I forget what's that, like, ultimately, like, 20% of, of, of your time um a little little more when you think of waking hours right like it's, it's higher but you know maybe 20 percent of a child's time is in school and so you know again what's the ecosystem that they learn and thrive in um you know that all are kind of checks and balances right and uh, this collective work 
you know, in Guzasaba, collective work responsibility. And I would just add accountability, right? We have collective work, collective responsibility, and a collective accountability. And that's the ecosystem I would want my child to, you know, to grow up in. That everybody is pouring in and everyone's holding themselves and each other accountable for their success because ultimately they're looking at your success as my success. And my future is tied to your success. That that one-year-old, that one day old, that 15-year-old, my success as a community and my future is directly tied to theirs. And if we remove ourselves from that, we don't believe that, then we're gonna keep, you know, um, you know, cutting our nose off despite our face. Yeah, I mean, I guess the piggyback off of that. Um, I grew up in an era to where uh, the village really raised the child. So like, if you got in trouble at school or something like that, then that was a conversation that you was going to have with everybody on the block because everybody knew uh, and everybody was going to have that conversation with you their own kind of way. I think now it's like, you know, folks don't want to say anything to anybody else's kids because that, that openness and willingness to embrace and accept that feedback is not necessarily uh, one that it used to be. And then also, you know, I think... Um, parents because they because they they're not they're not bought into this whole collective system of of uh of the village they get on the defensive really quickly when when you uh tell them something about their kid right and we got too many parents out here that are talking about hey my kid my kid didn't do this my kid didn't do that well we saw your kid do it right like we see it every day in schools when you reach out to a parent and you're like my kid doesn't act like this when they're at home well, you need to come to the school <laughs> and, and make sure that they don't act like that when they're at school too. Maybe you need to be here more so they can feel more like school's their home. I don't know, but like mm-hmm. we need to start opening ourselves up to having these types of uh, these types of correspondence with one another without everybody getting on the defensive and what and with us doing everything that we can in order to make sure that uh, we're providing the best atmosphere both at home and at school for students to learn. Mm. Nah, man. I, I listen. I, I just appreciate y'all, man. Like I said, I know it was a different type of episode, but I think these episodes are also important because I get a reminder every now and then when I'm talking to some some folks that'll check out the show that kind of grew up with me or that's been around. Be like, well, I ain't, you know, that's cool and all, but I ain't really in a place that I can just pick a school or I can do this or I can do that. Um, so I, I just think yes, that you are. while you we always were, pick my school. How can they pick your school if they live across uh, you, across I the said, country? I said, hey, I, said, hey, I, said, I said you. I said I didn't say them. I said you. Oh, I yeah, I got you. I feel okay. it. Well, I'm just saying, like they, they have to move across the country. I don't know if they got it like that, B. But uh, but I would say, you know, but again, I I, I don't, I never, I just never want to forget these people. I never want to forget these folks that 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 are not as transient and don't have that ability or don't know that they have, you know, other powers and ability. So, with that being said, man, let's just go into closing thoughts so I can get y'all out of here so y'all can actually enjoy your 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 holiday, uh, the rest of your holiday weekend. Sharif, uh, give us something good to go out on, brother. The 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 the, and I say you got the King community, B. Yeah, I mean, I listen. I I we're all very envious of your community, Sharif. I just want you to know. Blessed. I mean, I I you know I. And the older I get, the more I realize, like, what a blessing it was, you know, things that, you know, we certainly took for granted as as children, just, you know, the community. And I, I think about all the, the, you know, as you say, community-based organization, not just the school. I mean, the school was absolutely amazing. Um, every Black child deserves a, a school like that. Um, but it was also the community, as you mentioned. You've always talked about, like, how, where you learned these other things. And so mm-hmm. whether it was the library on, on um, Green and Shelton, or the library on 54th Street in West Philly, um, whether it was the Church of the Advocate, or whether it was AFCOM, 
you know, uh, whether it was the, the, the athletic coaches, you know, all of the, whether it was the neighbor, you know, it was like all of that, you know, and just being embraced. And, and I can tell you, I remember when I was, I was in high school and I finished drinking the soda. It was across from this uh, playground called Tustin, across the street from Overbrook. And I literally, I finished the soda and I was, I was like looking around and I happened to see a trash can across the street. I went over and threw and put it in the trash can, you know, and typically, I guess, you know, the youth are just like, ah, I'll just drop it. I remember this old man. I still remember this, man. This is like, you know, 35 years later, I still remember that this older man came down off the porch and was like, no, young man, thank you so much for doing it. That was so respectful for the community, blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, oh, I didn't even think anything of it, but I thought about that in subsequent years, like, he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to engage. He didn't have to do anything, but just even the positive reinforcement that he did. And I wasn't like, I wasn't like the litter bug. I was always like environmental, right? Like this is the guy that want to be in the mountains later and raising bees. Like so I was always environmentally conscious, but still the positive reinforcement that he gave still meant a lot. And I didn't notice uh, this older gentleman. And I just wonder if we go hard on positive reinforcement, as much as we do about pointing out you know, like what's wrong with our youth, how much further we'll be able to get. If we do that and build relationships together, like, man, I, I just think, I just think it, it has such promise in, in approaching, um, you know, the, the challenges and situations uh, in that way. That's yeah. what's up, man. Ray? Bro, so <clears throat> I know you said you wanted to get us out of here early. Uh, for us now, to me, go where the spirit takes you, brother. Make it plain, yeah. right? Make it plain. We'll yeah, man, and make it random if you want to, too. You know, that's what we all are accustomed to anyway. <laughs> it's not going to be random, but all right. Um, so I, I celebrated uh, my I celebrated my independence on June 19th, uh, on Juneteenth, right? And so there are going to be some folks that are going to celebrate tomorrow, uh, July 4th, 1776. But that won't be me, right? Because my folks are work tomorrow, Ray? On, Are you going to work tomorrow? I'm go I work every day, baby. I work every day. I'm out here working for my people, man. I work every day. Right. But what I won't be doing tomorrow is I won't be partaking in any of uh in any of the stuff that uh those folks partake in because I already had my celebration of independence and I just wanted to name that. That's what's up. You know, some people well, would say that they they just use it as a day off and the the bond with yeah, their community and stuff. Not necessarily. And Juneteenth isn't my day anyway. That's being slavers. Yeah, but I, June, I, I, and, I agree. Yeah. Juneteenth, you know what I mean. But I'm just putting out a different perspective. This. I mean, we should do a show on that too, because I didn't grow. I mean, Juneteenth is not the day that I celebrate either. That's not. I celebrate it from the place where I where I live. So when I lived in Kentucky, it's eighth of August. So there's huge. 8th of August thing so that that happened over there that's when they found out so uh for people that want to be as woke as where Ray was I think that's really really dope actually find out where the place where you grew up and where your people was you can find out what date they found out and then you can have your own quote unquote uh Juneteenth um celebration day I but um watch night right like watch night the night before um mm -hmm. a new year new year it was that it, they, some people had watch night, like I said, in in Kentucky, that area. It was eighth of August. So again, and they've been celebrating eighth of August since I was a baby. Like people, like that's like they do a whole. If you want to see some stuff, man, go go into Kentucky or Louis. I mean, Paducah, Louisville, Lexington, eighth of August, and, it and we have more than one, right? Like I right. growing up, we would celebrate the uh, Independence Days of 
of uh, other countries. countries. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Like, Y'all know where I lived in Oakland. Oakland. I lived in Ghana, you mm-hmm. know, Kwame and Haiti. Haiti. Yeah. Like it was like all of those were recognized, you know, um, as we were coming up, you know, just like our classes were named after the ones who fought to liberate them. We also recognized the days that, you know, kind of were declared their independence day. So it, you know, multiple ways and continuation of, of, of doing that. So, Hey, Hey, yeah. look at Sherry, look at Sherry, look at Sherry Lucas me, all down, me, here, down there with her, her. Well, let me, let me do, let me do my, uh, my, my final thought, uh, real quick <laughs> and then we can do this piece. Uh, well, one, I just want to thank everybody. Uh, and I want to thank, uh, we had an amazing time in New Orleans. Uh, people were trying to get on my head because I did not go out into the festivities. No, I did my job. And then I went to my hotel room and I watched Stranger Things 4 and it was amazing. I just want to say, I have no regrets about that. Uh, two, when we talk about being on code and we know what we know about schools, we know these things that are working and not working again. That's why there are multiple chapters that have multiple subjects in the chapter. And one has to be our community. We cannot know everything we know about education. We cannot know everything that has happened to the black educator. We cannot know the literacy rates of black kids in America and then not take responsibility as a community to help or be a buffer or support or or alternative option to schools that have been failing our young people. Schools will not do this on their own. And they never have. Even before Brown and Board, our communities always played a role in the development and the lives of our young people. Uh, Sharif and Chris love to say, yo, a village, you tell by how well they take care of their kids and their elders. How well are we taking care of our kids and our elders in our communities? These communities that we say we love. We say we love our kids. We say all these things, but we're not doing the things that we need to to make sure that they have what they need to have to be the representatives of said community moving forward so that's my final thought man and i you know we can we can banter right now and be as random as you all want to be as we go out are there any random comments before there's, there's, one, there's, there's one random comment that i need to make and i'm i'm, I'm saying if, <laughs> if i was at sfs ain't no fucking way i'm going to watch stranger things in the room stranger I'm things was that good. it was that good hey, bro it was that I'm good turning up Listen, it's only so much up. <laughs> it's only so much, bro. It's only so much. But House of Blues was great. We did, we did, we watched the movie at House of Blues. We did yeah. our panel, and then we go out into the next room, and boom, Ashanti's doing a, a pop up, and it was really cool. And Ashanti looks great. Uh, I, she just looks, yeah, she she looks incredible. Uh, with that being said, uh, that's Sharif. That is Ray. Chris missed us today. I am Charles. We will see you all next week for another episode of A Black Hands.